0: Missing the signs. Luke chapter 12, we're going to be looking at verses 49 through 59 tonight. In Luke 12 35, Jesus told his disciples to be alert to what's happening around you. He's saying, Beware of being careless. You know, when you're careless, Usually it's you're not paying attention to what's going on around you. Sometimes maybe when you've been driving, it's possible to be a little careless where you're not taking enough care. You're not paying attention to what's happening. Well, Jesus has been warning his disciples. He says, beware of hypocrisy. Beware of pretending to be something that you're not. Because it's very easy to pretend as a Christian and yet people see through our pretension. He says, beware of, um, I just went blank. He says, beware of, um, of covetousness, thank you. In verse 15, then he says, beware of worrying. You know, it's so easy to see things around you and to say, "Boy, I don't know how this is gonna turn out I wonder how this is gonna go. Um, Everything has so changed. How's God gonna work this out? And it's easy to begin worrying. And Jesus said, be careful. Beware this could happen. And And then he said, beware of being careless. Now as we saw that, so he warned them to be watching for his return. And he says, while you're watching, working, so that you don't waste the time then he gives one other aspect of his warning of becoming inattentive or distracted or forgetful of what's happening and that's where we begin tonight in verse 49 and he says beware judgment is coming and you're going to face opposition as a christian you will be opposed As I've mentioned to you, it seems that our society is incredibly accommodating for every belief system except Christianity. Oh, I'm afraid someone will be offended. But they're not afraid that people will be offended of, and you can list any number of things except for being offended about the truth. And why is that? Because we're in a battle. We spent quite a bit of time in Ephesians chapter 6 about this battle, but now let's look at Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 49. I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how am I straitened till it be accomplished? Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth, I tell you nay, but rather divisions. For from henceforth, there shall be five in one house divided, two against, three against two and two against three. The father shall be divided against his son, the son against his father, the mother against the daughter, the daughter against the mother-in-law, the mother-in-law against her daughter-in-law, and the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. As we wish looking forward to Jesus coming as we wait expectantly watching for Jesus to come as we work doing the things God's called us to do we need to remember that we are at war we're in a war you're an alien in enemy territory I want you to notice the telling words in these verses that we just studied he talks about fire he talks about baptism He talks about divided or division. So let's look at verse 49. There we read, I am come to send fire on the earth, and what will I if it be already kindled? Now I must admit, the King James is a little difficult to understand here. As you're reading this, um, it's, it's hard to really see what he's saying. Literally, he's saying, I am come to send fire on the earth, and how I wish it were already completed. Well, now we at least understand the last part of it where it says, And what will I if it be already kindled? In other words, he's saying, I wish this had already been accomplished. Um, But then the question is, so what does he mean when he says, I am come to send fire on the earth? How do we reconcile this to other verses where we read in Luke chapter 2 verse 10 where he says good tidings of great joy unto you a savior is born in verse 14 glory to God in the highest and on earth peace goodwill toward men. How do you reconcile that with Jesus saying I'm coming to bring fire. How do you reconcile it. When Luke chapter 4 verse 19, Jesus said, I am come to preach the acceptable year of the Lord, but he didn't go on to say, and the vengeance of our God. Because you see, Jesus, when he came, didn't come for the judgment side of it. So what's he talking about here? How about Luke? How about John chapter 3 verse 17, for God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. How are we going to reconcile these verses together? And the reality is, what do we know? In Jewish culture, the word fire has the idea of judgment or purification, but the context of this, in being ready for Christ to return, in being ready for all this to take place, the context deals with judgment. Christ's coming always forces choices. Christ's coming always forces choices. In John chapter 9, verse 39, we read, And Jesus said, For judgment am I come into this world, that they which see not might see, and they which see might be made blind. What's he saying? You have to make a choice about Jesus Christ and those who recognize their need will be able to see the judgment that's coming is based on the choice that people make. Christ desired that the judgment was already accomplished. He said, I wish all of this were already done, but it wasn't done. And so we go on and we realize in verse 50, he says, but I have a baptism to be baptized with. And how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Once again, how am I straightened till it be accomplished? Those are old English words which are really hard to understand. If a person has been straightened, it means he can't move. You think about someone who's on a backboard and they've strapped the person down. It's uncomfortable and they don't move. Jesus is saying, until I go through this baptism you to be thinking about what does baptism mean here until I go through this baptism there is nothing else that I can be doing I have to accomplish what I've come to do baptism has the idea of being dunked or plunged or or to go through something completely the baptism image here is used also in mark ten thirty eight. It has the idea, he talks about being baptized into death. What does that mean? Completely, he's going to die. In Romans chapter 6, what do we read? Being baptized into his death. It uses that same analogy again. It's not talking about getting wet. This is a dry baptism. This means to be totally into it, to be totally submerged, to be totally with Christ, to be totally covered with Christ. And here he's saying, I have something very severe that's coming, and I have to go totally through it. And he's picturing the cross. He came for the cross, not to be baptized by John the Baptist. That's not what we're talking about. He's describing this baptism. You know, we catch a glimpse of the cost of the cross to Jesus in his comment, what constraint I am under. How I am straightened till it be accomplished. Jesus came for one purpose, and that was to redeem mankind. And notice what he says. You need to understand, this is going to bring division. Verse 51. Suppose ye that I am come to give peace on earth. Well, we know from Romans chapter 5, verse 1... Being justified, we have peace with God. So Jesus did come to bring peace. Peace on earth. Goodwill toward men to whom God is pleased. What was that? Through Jesus Christ, we have reconciliation to Christ. Putting on this shield of faith and the helmet of deliverance, the helmet of hope, we recognize what we have in Christ. But Jesus here is saying, do you think that by my coming, everyone's just going to get along? No, there's going to be this war that goes on because Satan does not want what I'm about to do. The note of peace with enemies is not going to take place. Notice what he says. Do you think I've come to give peace on earth? The Messiah concept always divides. Anytime the Messiah is involved, it's going to divide. He says, I tell you no. No but rather division. The idea here of division, when Jesus says rather the division, if you were to go to Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, it's a quote of the same thing, and Matthew uses the word, no, rather I've come to bring a sword. That's not talking about battle. That's talking about the division that can come with a sword, of how things are divided. Notice it divides all relationships those of you who have unsaved family members know exactly what this takes place there is a great cost that comes and as kind and as friendly as you can be as loving and as gracious and merciful as we should be if you do everything right it doesn't mean that you're going to live at peace with all men remember what the scripture says as much as lieth within you, be at peace with all men. What was he telling us? He knew you're not going to always be at peace with all men. You know, Interestingly enough, 1 Corinthians chapter 7 talks about the fact, as long as your unsaved partner is willing to dwell with you, you need to dwell with that unsaved partner. Why does Paul say it that way? Because there are times that an unsaved partner will not choose to remain with you. And what does the scripture say? He says, you're not under bondage. In other words, you're not responsible to keep fighting, 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 fighting that person because you're not going to reach that person for Christ if everything is about fighting. What happens here? He says, beware. My coming brings division. Division. And then notice, um, he he goes on and and he talks about houses being divided and people being divided and fathers and sons and mothers and daughters and father-in-laws and son-in-laws and mother-in-laws and daughter-in-laws. And you have all of these different divisions that can take place in a home. It's, It's sobering when you think about that. And then he says, he says, you know, beginning at verse 54 he said to the people when you see a cloud rise out of the west straightway you say there cometh a shower and so it is when you see the south wind blow you say oh there's going to be heat and it cometh to pass you hypocrites you can discern the face of the sky and the earth but how is it that you do not discern this time what's he saying he gives one last warning and he says beware of being dull well, if a knife is dull, what happens? It, it really doesn't cut things cleanly. And what happens often with people is we become dull. And the danger is we really don't see things very clearly. Verses 54 through 57, he's going to describe the importance of discernment. Of being able to look at something and being able to see what's not right about it. And specifically, thinking about how he's talked about, be ready, I'm coming and be ready with the Messiah. I've still gotta go to the cross and I'm gonna go through this and people are gonna be divided over me and this is gonna divide your families. What's he telling them? He says, beware, can you not? He said, can you discern the weather? You know, I mean, you look at how accurate these storm chasers are today. I've got an app that tells you about when hurricanes are gonna hit. That was really important in South Carolina. Now when I get the alerts, it's not quite such a big deal to me. But what about tornadoes that are coming through? What about strong winds? What about the temperature? What about the humidity? What about the barometric pressure? And you know what? They can track this stuff and they can look at it out in the future and it's amazing what we can do today. And yet we are clueless about what's gonna be happening. That our world around us has no idea that we are marching closer and closer to a time when Jesus Christ is gonna come back and set his feet on the earth. You see, there are signs for the second coming. There are no signs for the rapture. There's a big difference between those two. And he says, you can tell the sky and you can say, I know what's going to be happening. But he says, and yet you don't have the discernment to understand that the judgment of God is coming. And then look at verses 58 and 59. When thou goest with thine adversary to the magistrate, as thou goest in the way, give diligence that thou mayest be delivered from him, lest he hail thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and the officer cast thee into prison. I tell thee, thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last mite. What's he telling us here? He's saying not only do you need to have discernment, but you need to be diligent. He's saying people work really hard to stay out of jail. If you know you're going to jail and you know, you know, if I go to so-and-so here and, and all of a sudden I can work out a deal to where when we get to the judge, no, it's all taken care of. Thanks. What are you trying to do? I'm trying to stay out of jail, folks. He says, why are we so worried about staying out of jail, but we have no concern about staying out of hell? He says, understand, I tell thee, thou shalt not depart thence till thou hast paid the very last mite." He ends his warning with this warning that we should not be careless about the times in which we live. There's a great battle warning, warring here around us. And he warns them, he says, beware of being dull or deadened to true danger. If you can discern the weather and work to avoid imprisonment, won't you become concerned about a certain future that is coming? We have the answers for what's coming. God's told us what the end is going to be like. We know Satan is going to be defeated. We know there's going to be an apostasy, a time when the world in general will say, we totally reject God's revelation, God's word. And when that apostasy takes place, you're going to see that they will wholeheartedly go after Satan. And when that takes place, we know the judgment is coming. The tribulation is coming. Oh, we'll hear lots of different things Jesus said. You'll hear this is not yet. You hear this is not yet. You hear this is not yet. But we know there's a time coming. We as believers also know in the return of Christ, not the second coming, but the return of Christ is imminent. It can happen at any minute. There are no signs for Christ coming and taking his church away. That gives us great hope. He said, discern, recognize the times, and remember you're in a warfare. The warfare that we in, that we are in, pits people against each other, much like the civil war from years ago. But the reality is it's really not your loved one that we're against. We want to see them one. Because we know they're going to live somewhere forever. And if we get dull and we get careless or we get hypocritical where we try to pretend something we are not we get distracted with things or we get full of worry rather than being confident in our God We're going to miss the battle that we're in. And Jesus, as he always has been through the whole book of Luke, being so compassionate, he says, let me remind you of some things you need to be be aware of.